From Luminary, this is Karamo, a podcast. Hey friends, welcome to Karamo. I am your host, Karamo. And on this episode, I am talking to a man who practically raised me as a latchkey kid, meaning I was home alone a lot because after school, my parents worked full-time jobs. After my homework was all done, I would turn on the TV and this man became my and many of yours TV dad. It's none other than Bob Saget. But behind the man we all know from TV, there's a deep layer that I'm ready to dive into. So without further ado, let's start talking and growing, friends. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, friends! For more than a decade, he has been known as America's dad, star of Full House, Fuller House on Netflix, and the voice on How I Met Your Mother. Please, everyone, give it up for this super funny and super talented Bob Saget. How are you, my friend? I'm excellent. Thank you for that beautiful intro. I'm honored. It's all the truth. You are a television icon. Have you started to accept that and own that yet? No. (laughs) (laughs) But I do know that people responded really well and more recently than ever to Full House because it never went off the air. It would always be in reruns and syndication forever. And now I guess it's on Hulu forever until the time runs out and someone else buys it. But I was playing a character. And at the time, everybody just trashed the show. The first four years, it wasn't a hit. It was on like Tuesday nights. And then it was Tuesday and Fridays. They started to play with it a little bit. ABC was giving us a double hit, which was really nice. They would put us on twice a week because they believed in it. Those days are kind of over where a network believes in you. So they keep you on even if the ratings are bad, but they did then. But now no one can afford to do that. If the ratings are bad, they just pull you and you're gone. And they don't care if they throw away a bunch of episodes. But then they moved us to Friday nights. That became TGIF. And that became everybody's favorite thing. That audience. It's a character I play, but I was doing stand-up since I'm 17. And it was always irreverent. It was always weird and strange. And then once the show came on and the popularity of that and the video show that was, I'm a family guy also, which I can be, which I enjoy. Yeah. I don't know why I'm not allowed to go and entertain people that, okay, this is a 10 years old to, you know, 78, a hundred years old audience. And here's an audience that got to be over 15 to 16 to 17 to watch me do my standup or watch me do a role that's more uh, R rated or whatever people call it. You know, one of the things that you represent, which is, 
something that is super inspiring to other people is within that you had the courage, like you said, you were doing stand up before 17. You had this massive hit when you were in your 30s and then got pigeonholed in a sense. And the flip side of success is that when you're America's dad, people want to just see you in that way and only in that way. But you sort of said, I have the courage just to be me. When you said, I'm not going to be pigeonholed anymore. First of all, how did you find the courage to just say, I'm going to take this? Well, it's kind of the same courage that I had to be able to say, I'm going to do stand up and bomb for eight years and learn how to be funny when I was 17. So I was born with courage just because we had a lot of death in our family and That'll create courage in you. When people go through a really, really hard time, you find out sometimes those are the most exceptional people. And that's real people, like heroes that we have in the world right now. But creatively, the people that I looked up to, I didn't even know I was going to be a stand-up. I thought I was going to be a doctor. Then I found out I can't take chemistry or bio or anything. I'm just (laughs) terrible. I mean, I don't know. I can't do math. You know, the hell with that. I can't save people's lives and I have to take math. (laughs) <laughs> but but people that I looked up to that I actually knew after I was 21, I moved to L.A. and I was a film student and won a student Oscar for a movie I'd made. I thought I was going to go to grad school at USC, but then the comedy store said work here. The people that I looked up to were Richard Pryor and George Carlin and, and people that fought all kinds of creative challenges to do what they wanted to do on their terms. And Rodney Dangerfield was a friend and gave me advice. and. This is a guy that literally his catchphrase was, I get no respect. And it turns out he wasn't kidding. He didn't. And he changed his name three times. His first movie was Caddyshack. He was 58. And he just told me like a tank. You just go like a tank. So I think the mentors that I had, and Richard Pryor, look what he did. I mean, he was a button-down comedian. He would do like, well, if you ever study him or look at old talk shows that he did, like, yeah. I mean, talk shows, that Sullivan show. And by the time he was hitting the Tonight Show, he was already Richard Pryor, and he had become this guy who talked honestly about where he came from and the horribleness of situations he went through, and in that way kind of mirrored his humanity and how he looked at the world. And then you look at George Carlin, he was a button-down comedian also and had a radio persona, had short hair and was wearing a suit, and then one day... He was the hippie dippy weatherman and he had a ponytail and was talking about what he believed. And whether you agree with it or not, he was damn funny and incredibly prolific. Yes, he was. And I don't understand, you know, well, I do understand. I understand all of it now because I'm 63. But when you're on a TV series and I was on two that were family friendly, which I'm proud of, which is Full House and the video show, you know, there was no YouTube. I was the dude, you know, if you wanted to see a nut hit, I was the gatekeeper, right? So, <laughs> you know, but, but then I kind of did stomp my feet and go, here's a bunch of F-bombs. But I didn't do it intentionally, but I did this special That Ain't Right on HBO. And it really was, to everybody, it was shock value and, oh, he's filthy. And then the aristocrats came out years later and, oh, he's so filthy. But I didn't want to tell the joke in the aristocrats. I didn't even know the joke. I heard it twice. And yeah. I was being egged on by Penn Jillette and Paul Provenza, the directors. And I have done stand-up that's pretty blue sometimes, but that's not really what I do. What I do is I entertain people. And then when they see the show, they're like, oh, you weren't as dirty as I wanted you to be. You know, it's like, <laughs> so, you know, so you can't please anybody. You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Exactly. Wow. So it, wasn't, it was a decision to just do what I felt creatively was right. 
I'm Danny Tanner. I'm, I'm a 60 plus version of Danny Tanner, but that's how you grow up. I might think I am, but I was anorexic <laughs> at 33 years old and I thought I was fat. So I know what it feels like with people with eating disorders. And I was just a string bean and they would call me a string bean in the script or a lean, mean fighting machine or something. And I thought I was fat. And then I look at it and I go, oh my God, I look like I'm going to die. I'm emaciated. And then I got past few years, I go up and down and wait, but I'm looking pretty good now. I don't think a lot of men ever talk about the fact that we have the same body issues that we hear women have. It's normally something that you talk about with women. So during the time of Full House, did you feel as if there was some type of body issues happening with you that you couldn't really put your finger on? When you're on TV, it adds 10 pounds, which is really true, just to my head. So I didn't know I had food issues, but I, I was working out so much also, which is really great, which you see yeah. a lot of people in their 30s. That's what people do. I quickly looked in my little deck that I have of, you know, when people email me and send me messages, I, I put it into a little link. And I realized that I had about 200 messages from this year alone from guys talking about that. So knowing that someone that we all look up to and respect was open and transparent about them having some type of issues with their own body and not seeing it in the way that maybe the world saw it. Thank you for that. Oh, it's my pleasure. I still have it. I want to borrow Ben Affleck's Batman, you know, Spanx outfit. You know, it's really, really hard what people value and the stuff we watch. You know, I'll be watching something and you'll see somebody as a man that's all cut with all abs and people find that incredibly attractive. And it is, it is to be fit and to look good. And I, I enjoy watching Kevin Hart work his ass off on camera. And it's inspiring. Yes, it's serving Kevin, and he's going hustle heart and does all of his stuff. But it's inspiring. And it, that competition, I value. Because that'll get me off my ass and get me on the elliptical or get me to be doing crunches and things like that. Yeah. And it's good to stay fit. But look, your body's made a certain way. And people have to love themselves. And that, if they don't, then they're wasting every moment because all we have, as we all know, is this moment. I spent my whole twenties unhappy. I was depressed my whole twenties. In my thirties, I was like, well, then I had some success in career, but, and I had a, a new baby and things like that. And then I had two more babies and that was pretty wonderful. And that's priorities. But if you don't love yourself, you can't love other people. You can't do anything. It's debilitating. So the body shaming world we live in, that's not getting any easier, even if people are working out at home and showing off that they can do plank for six hours. But there's a lot of people hurting over that. Yeah. And that's why a show like, I don't know, my 600 pound life, that show, I couldn't watch it. And then I had to watch it because yeah, it's so painful and people can die. And if you're out there doing that kind of work in your podcast and in what you're talking about and thinking about you're helping people because nobody's really happy with what they got except for the really arrogant people with a 12 pack <laughs> um right now people are just buying them on amazon just to get through yeah <laughs> but it's that transparency that it makes us all connected and helps us all to realize that practicing saying positive things to ourselves practicing loving ourselves each day is just the way that you get better it's a day-by-day -day journey. It's not a destination that any of us get to just overnight. You just continuously have to work on it. 100%.
And I remember reading an interview where you said, when you were sort of discussing Me Too, you said it made you reflect on your comedy and your comedy stand-ups and in the past. And you realized a lot of it was mean and you're now making a conscious decision to not hurt anyone. Why was that self-reflection important and why are you making this decision? Because comedians normally have a past to say whatever they want to say. Yeah, but the world changes and it's really trickled into every part of my life. I don't want to do something that hurts people. And when I look at stuff that I did 15 years ago, I go, my God, I would never do that in my standup now. Or if I do it, it's a good three minutes of apologizing. Then you say the misogynist comment and then five minutes <laughs> of apologizing for the misogynist comment. And I might get a public service announcement of don't say things like this because the world is out there saying all that crap. You know, they're saying everything they can. Yeah. The fact that there has to be a movement for people to change is sad that people just don't realize, wow, I shouldn't be talking about that group like that. And then there's people like Don Rickles, who I love so much. And his whole thing, everything he did was making light of all different races and religions and creeds. And it wasn't offensive because it came out of love, but there'll never be another time like that. It just doesn't exist. But if you're going to make fun of a group, you better be part of that group. Yeah. Then it's okay within reason, unless you're doing your own self-loathing, making fun of your own people. Now, with your new podcast, Bob Saget is here for you. You're basically helping people. So can you tell us about this um, new podcast you have and when can people hear it? Well, it's out right now. It's out right now. And uh, I said, hey, who do I promote? How do I tell people? Well, where you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts is the main place because it's the biggest source. And it's also available everywhere, Spotify and literally everywhere where you get them. But Apple is kind of a jewel in the crown in some ways. You know, Google, I don't know, Twitch, you know, things I never knew. You know, they're, na <laughs> they're naming things after disorders. I got a tick, you know, I got a I, I clicked my jaw. Oh, that's a good name for a podcast <laughs> site. But but uh, the purpose of the thing was just to make people feel good. And I have stream of consciousness episodes where it's just me talking. But those are less frequent than where I call people. Like when we're done talking today, I have a phone number that people can call when they look up in the podcast link. On Instagram and Twitter, I post when I'm going to call people and they leave a message and what they want to talk about. And I'm calling them. And I called one guy the other day and he was like stoned on his ass. It was 35 minutes of a guy. <laughs> I couldn't stop talking to him. He was hilarious. He couldn't stop laughing. And I'm like, I don't know if you're a fan or what, but that is good weed. And, and I'll talk to people about real serious stuff, like a first responding nurse who's there and she just lost a patient that day and put him on a ventilator and they died. And then she came home and her son's autistic. And so that goes into the other part of me that wouldn't dare go into saying something irreverent. And then the next person I talk to just wants to hear filthy shit. So I talk about penises. You know, I don't know. I'm a chameleon when it comes to what's appropriate for which person and which person yeah. is which audience. So when I had Bill Burr on, I had to put a disclaimer at the front. If you're under 15, you can't listen to this, but that makes them listen as soon as you say no. But Bill just ripped me a new one, but that was fun. And then tomorrow I'm talking to John Mayer, who's a friend of mine. So, I mean, I have, you know, I Tiffany Haddish I had on, as I said, and, and people that I care about. Stamos, of course, I had to have. He was the first guest 
people call them celebrities, but I just say you're, you're an actor or writer or comedian or whatever you do. Celebrity cuts ribbons at a completely celebrities, a reality star, usually just somebody who's really famous and really rich and can't act and can't do anything, but they can be famous. But that, I guess that's valid. You know, it's a valid thing to be just famous for, yeah. for making a porn tape and then having a career. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm really thrilled doing it. I love doing it. You love doing yours, right? Yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. And people get so much out of it, people that you would not even think would be listening to it. But as you said, when you have the opportunity, because similar to you, I talk to people that are everyday people who just want the opportunity to speak to somebody. You really see the connection that we all have as human beings. You see the joy, you see the sadness, you see the growth. And it's a very special thing. Bob, thank you so much for being here, man. I appreciate you. I respect you. Good luck with the podcast. It's a hit. Good luck with everything you do. I will always be supporting you and cheering you on. You will always forever be both my all-American dad and also my dirty dad in my head. So you're both to me. <laughs> thank you so much. I really enjoyed talking to you. Same. And uh, I hope we get to meet someday and be able to take a socially distant selfie. That'll be <laughs> That'll be when we know we're almost back. Yeah, I'm down for that. I'm down for that. Well, stay well and be safe. Thanks so much. Have a great one. Thank you. You too. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I want to thank Bob for coming on the show and for being so open and honest. Something Bob shared is that we must always be true to ourselves and never be afraid to be honest because our truth would never hold us back. Bob's honesty about having an eating disorder is something that I know will make so many out there know they are not alone. If you are dealing with an eating disorder, there are many resources you can check out online that can guide you to finding support. If you go to nationaleatingdisorders.org, there you will find resources. Again, that's National Eating Disorders with an S.org. Friends, as always, thank you for listening and growing with me. Make sure to hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Karamo to let me know how you feel about today's episode. Until next time, take care of yourself and each other. 
Karamo, a podcast, is an entertainment show. For advice or support on any emotional or mental challenges, please contact a licensed professional in your town. This show was produced by Karamo, Nick Pinella of Workhouse Media, and assisted by Ellie Charles. All music composed by Ernie Wooden and the Big Woozy Band, and all episodes are edited by Nathan Moody. Thank you for listening and growing with us. Hey, friends! Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.